Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to a special edition of Sports the Legend. Happy New Year's, everybody. Uh, I'm, it's me, William Ramo, and uh, on the other line is, of course, as always, Macaulay and Matthew. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Happy New Year. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. Same to you, man. How's everything with you? Good, man. Just uh, enjoying uh, the weekend, watching some football. Doing good. Starting this new year up off on a good note. And congratulations with your Giants uh, going uh, to the playoffs. Yeah. And sorry uh, about your Jets. Basically, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> they, they finally won a game what, thirty to ten. Yeah. Patrick finally had a good game in his final, what should be his last game as a Jet. Uh, yep. You know, quarterback. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get more into that if we have time. So. Without further ado, um, I definitely want you to hear this awesome interview I have with Moss. Um, with that, let's just go straight to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this man needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Simply put, Eric Moss is one of the best inspirational speakers in the world today because he combines humor, and unrivaled charisma with his love for inspiring others with an unparalleled strength as a world record-holding strongman. Despite, ho- despite being told at a young age that he was a lazy boy and he would never amount to anything, he continued to defy the odds as the most improbable strongman since he is only 5'7 and weighs 155 pounds. Uh, Eric, Eric Moss has accomplished so many things on and off the stage, including being an author and a devoted husband. Ladies and gentlemen, I humbly present to you the real Man of Steel, Eric Moss. Thank you you for having me on the show. Thank you for having me and all that stuff. I'm starting to blush. How are you today, William? (laughs) Again, thank you, man. The pleasure is all mine and everybody listening to uh, you know, a uh, sports urban legend coming up right now. I appreciate you having me on your show. It's always an honor to share my story. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Again, thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule to, you know, do this show. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So you got some questions for me? Oh, yes. I uh, Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, uh, basically, uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, what inspired you to become strongman? Well, you know, you heard about all the adversity that I, that I had faced as a kid and I always felt like I was meant for something important and I always had kind of a fascination with the stage. Now, when it comes to music, like I always fascinated, I was always fascinated with being a rock star. And I had taken voice lessons and all that stuff. However, I'm not that musically talented. 
I was also a big fan of professional wrestling. You know, like I started watching during the Attitude Era and loved people like Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and would have loved to have become a professional wrestler. However, as you already know, I'm not that big of a guy. Now, it's kind of ironic because what I would end up doing, becoming a professional performing strongman, the very first feat of strength, like a modern-day feat of strength that I ever saw was performed a couple of years ago on SmackDown by Mark Henry. Now, Mark Henry is this big, powerful, strong guy and was using the feats of strength as a way to hype up so that he could get a big push in, in a, on WWE. Now, you, know, you see Mark Henry, and you know he's a big guy, and it's kind of expected that he would be that strong. However, you wouldn't look at me and expect the same thing. Now, as for inspiration, yeah. As for inspiration, there are so many things. You know, like, I sort of found my confidence through weight training. That set me on a course for a fascination with anything strength and fitness related. And that course took me to this marketing seminar for personal trainers where they would teach personal trainers how to run a business. And I happened to bump into an up-and-coming strongman named David the Iron Tamer Whitley. And David the Iron Tamer Whitley and I just hit it off right at the bat. We were like instant friends. David rolls up three frying pans and gives them to me. It was pretty nearly the same feat that I saw Mark Henry do. And invited me to this conference where all of these strongmen congregate. And it was at this conference that I happened to meet a man named Slim the Hammerman Farman. Now, Slim the Hammerman Farman... You wouldn't, I mean, I didn't know what a legend he was at the time, but you can just tell by the, the way people were interacting around him that this guy was important. Why he was important, I didn't really know. But when I was introduced to him, Slim is towering over me. He's about six foot six, mountain of muscle, and he's got this real intense look in his eyes. You know, like I sometimes say if they ever make a movie of my life, I would cast the Terminator to play Slim. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actual robot without the skin. So Slim says to me, he says, son, did you know that there is a power within you that is equal to every strong man in history, including me? And I wanted to learn more about this power. So I said to him, like, what are you talking about, Slim? And then he says, throughout history, there are numerous instances where ordinary human beings, when placed in a life-or-death situation, display superhuman levels of strength. He says, if that power is in them, isn't it also in you? So, like, I understood what he was talking about, but I didn't really go down that journey yet. It's like I knew that there was something there, and it was like, how do I access this? Now, it happened to be a couple of years later when I was going through some turmoil in my life that I happened to meet a guy named New Jersey Superman Greg Matonic. And Greg, I hadn't met him before, but he offered to teach me how to become a strong man. Greg saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He saw that one day, with his help, I could be great. And what I learned from Greg was 
setting and achieving goals, self-belief, perseverance, and resilience. That it's about the fight inside the dog, not the size of the dog in the fight. It's about your mind, your body, and your spirit all as one. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing stuff. And uh, you know, um, I share just like you. Uh, I'm I'm you know similar size and everything. You know, so seeing you do these incredible stuff, uh, you know, it's very inspirational to me as well. And funny thing, uh, I, I follow. I, you know, I became a WWE fan. You know, during the Attitude Era as well. But uh, getting back uh, to uh, one of um, your biggest uh, influence, and uh, of course, I'm talking about. Um, you know, the late great Greg Matonic, um, he once taught you a very Im- important lesson about where a strong man uh, truly draws his strength from. Would you like to elaborate on that further? Sure. You know, like, so much of the feats of strength is really about your mindset. Because every single one of us has these, like, subconscious fears, and the strong men have a name for it. We call it the governor because it holds you back in the interest of self-preservation. So like, even though I knew about this because it was talked about extensively in the Mighty Adams biography, the Mighty Adam was a huge influence to all of us, including Greg, and essentially created like the, the guide and a textbook that we use when we're undergoing this journey. So one of the times when Greg handed me a steel bar, pretty big steel bar, and, and as I look at it, it intimidated me. And even though I tried to push on it and I tried to bend it, I wasn't bending it. So I said to Greg, I'm like, Greg, I don't think I'm strong enough to bend this one yet. And he says, yeah, you are, and I'll prove it. So he takes me over to this, this machine that was in, his, in, a, in the gym in the back of his welding shop. And this machine had a barbell that was suspended over it by chains. And he says, what you're going to do is you're going to lie down on the bench, and you're going to do bench press lockouts. But you're going to keep your eyes closed. So I would do a couple lockouts. My eyes are closed. He would put some weight on each side, and he would keep increasing the weight until he could see when I was at my strength limit. And I don't remember how much ended up being on the bar, but I remember the critical lesson that he said. He said the amount of strength it takes to bend that piece of steel is not as much as the strength it takes to lift up that weight. And because you didn't even know how much weight was on there, you were able to lift it because you weren't holding yourself back because you didn't believe that you could do it. But when I, for whatever reason, when I was putting that steel bar on my hip to bend it, I wasn't quite giving it everything I had. And he knew that. I didn't know that, though. But that was one of the valuable lessons that he had taught me. There was another time when he gives me a bigger steel bar than in the the thing I just told you about. And I put it in the bending position, and I really did believe I could do this because everything else he had told me I could do, I was able to do. But this one, when I put as much power as I could on it, nothing would happen. So I said, Greg, what am I doing wrong? And he says, you're quitting. And I'm like, oh, it's not bending. He's like, it's bending. It's not bending because you're quitting before it happens. And then he says, at that point when you feel it giving up, when you feel it quitting, hang in there just a little bit longer and it'll bend. 
So I started putting as much power as I could on it again, and the thing still wasn't bending. And at that point when I was going to stop, because it didn't feel like it was ever going to go, I remembered what he said, and I just kept the pressure on it. Sure enough, a couple seconds later, the steel started to move. And when it started to move, I knew that if I just kept going, I'd be able to finish it. But it's like, how many of us give up on our dreams because it doesn't happen on the timeline that we do or that we think it will? It happens to a lot of us. You're absolutely, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, like Thomas Edison, uh, you know, he, he, um, you know, he's one of the greatest inventors of all time. It's not the greatest. And, uh, you know, he fell 10,000 times, but, you know, if he, if he would have gave up on any of those times, we wouldn't have the light bulb and so many, you know, inventions, you know, that we have today. Yeah, absolutely. They weren't, as I like to say, I'm like, they weren't 10,000 failures. They were 10,000 course corrections. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I tried venturing down the path of the rock and roll star. No, that didn't happen. Tried venturing down the path of being a professional wrestler. No, that didn't happen. The strong man happened, though. You're absolutely right. And we're we're blessed because uh, you were able to find your calling, you know. You know, even though you weren't, you know, you didn't uh, fulfill that, you know, professional wrestling uh, aspiration that you had in the past, but you, but through all the stuff you went through, it led you to this uh, incredible path that you're on right now. That was one of the things, you know, like, I had a calling. The calling was to be a a success on the stage. The stage was the calling. It just happened to be different than I originally thought it would. You know, it's like we all have a call to greatness, and, and sometimes that definition changes. You're absolutely right. And, uh, uh, yeah, I noticed in another um, interview you were uh, mentioning that, uh, you know, uh, Greg uh, mentioned to you uh, before that, you know, not to focus on the immovable object, but to make yourself the unstoppable force. Um, what other life-altering um, advice did he give to you before he passed away on October 12th of uh, 2012? Well, I guess the key thing that he told me and this became like the center point of my speech, is that there is potential inside all of us. We're capable of so much more than we know. But it starts with your belief. So like one of the things he would tell me is you set something in your mind, almost like a, a motion picture that happens in your brain. You see it in your mind's eye first. And then your body, it's just doing it like it's on instant replay. What you start, you finish. Can you imagine if everybody applied what you start, you finish to their lives? Because, you know, like a lot of people, they buy a book, they never read it. Even if they start reading it, they don't finish it. If they start a project, a a lot of times it doesn't happen. A lot of entrepreneurs leave things undone. The world doesn't pay you for what you're doing doing or going to do a page for what you've done success is the same way that's very true absolutely and uh you know one of uh your your incredible feats that you're known for um you know in tribute of uh of greg you know the new jersey superman 
um, last year you set a world record for breaking eight metal bars on the bridge of your nose. Uh, my question to you is, um, did you feel any pain during or after uh, you completed that unbelievable feat of strength? During? I don't know. I don't remember. You know, like one of the things when you are getting into that zone, you don't feel anything. You're not even aware of anything. If you actually watch the video, you know, like I had originally set a minimum of five reinforcing bars in the nose in a minute. I figured maybe if I'm doing really good, I'll get six or seven, and I brought eight just in case. If you watch the video where I'm doing that, on the eighth, after the eighth one, I look at my feeder, the, what, the girl that was handing me the steel bars, and I look confused because I'm like, where's my bar? I had run out. I had no idea. And then as, as uh, my MC was, was talking about it, you can see that, like, as I'm looking at him, I put my hand in my pocket. That's when the pain started. Mm. Like, you can definitely tell I'm, I'm not comfortable there. Eight reinforcing bars on the nose in a minute, nobody's going to be comfortable. But I got a world record. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I saw that video. Um, yeah, like, um, you, you finished the, the eight bars with, like, uh, about ten seconds to go, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's still a little bit of time left. Another thing, a funny thing where you were explaining, uh, when you were explaining the pain you felt, like you didn't feel the pain at that moment. The funny thing, in my mind, I heard, like, I was thinking, like, you you must have been in the zone, and then you literally said the same exact thing, like, seconds later after, you know, after I asked you the question. So it's like, you know, kind of like a picture, like when they're on the mound, they're in a pressure situation, and, you know, um, bases loaded, um, and, you know, they got to get that key out. They don't hear the fans booing or cheering. They're just, like, focused on that moment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, the zone, it's it's a tricky thing to get into, and, and sports psychologists are, are still studying it because, like, that's where you perform at your absolute peak because your your focus is absolute. There is nothing else. You have no idea of anything else because there's only one thing. It is the task. Now, with the strongman mentality, you know, it's like a lot of people, when they're put into those life or death situations, they're reacting to something. The strongman mentality is trying to be proactive about that mindset. You know, like with jazz musicians, they're going completely on instinct. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have time to think. They just do. That's kind of the key thing is you're not even really thinking about it. You're just doing. When people ask me, what's going on in my head? I must be really angry. I'm like, no, there's not a single negative thought in there. There's literally nothing going on. It's, it's quiet. You don't hear anybody saying anything. You don't see anything. It's, it's just the task. That's amazing right there. And uh, another baseball analogy, like when you're trying to hit a 99 miles per hour fastball, you, you don't have time to, to like, think what pitch the person's throwing, is the person going to throw hard or off-speed uh, off speed, uh, pitch. You know, you're just trying to react in that moment, you know. Yeah. You ever hear people say you're overthinking it? It's the same yeah. thing. It's 
the same thing. Don't think about it. Just do. When you start to think about it, you start to doubt yourself and all that stuff, you know? You're absolutely right. I hear you. And um, um, along with, uh, you know, uh, strongman Greg Metonic and uh, a man you mentioned earlier, uh, the mighty Adam, Joe uh, Greenstein, what other Mm -hmm. legendary people who have influenced you to this very day? Wow. My current coach, Chris Ryder, continues to break new bounds. You know, like, lately he's been breaking coins in his fingers. Wow. You got to get inspired by that. You know, like, when I first heard that people were bending coins in their fingers, I was blown away. He's actually breaking them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, you know, like, as far as inspiration, really it's every strong man who's come before me, you know, like, it used to be a lot more commonplace, the strong man, because back in the day, theaters didn't have movie screens. They only had live performances, and that's when you'd see, like, animal acts and magicians and escape artists and the strong men. When strong men were more commonplace, they were able to do unbelievable things. And this was in an era before steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, like before performance enhancement drugs, like their idea of a supplement was having a beer with an egg in it. During like the circus days. Yeah. Yeah. And they, when they're able to do amazing things, I'm like, why can't we do that today? We can if you train right, if you train right and you think right. I mean, if I'm able to do it at five foot seven, 155 pounds, why can't anyone else? That's an excellent point. I mean, it's all about mind over matter. Yeah. And uh, yeah. speaking of someone who's, uh, you know, a strong man, uh, you know, Mark Henry, um, you know, since, you know, strong men are intertwined with the history of pro wrestling, who were your favorite uh, pro wrestlers of all time, you know, aside from, you know, The Rock, which is my all-time favorite, and, you know, Shawn Michaels, HBK, et cetera? Well, you know, it's like one of the things is I appreciate professional wrestling for what it is. It's a show. So some of the more showman things that, like, you kind of resonate with like Chris Jericho is probably my all-time favorite. Y2J is the man. I loved the way he's introduced. Oh yeah. You know, like I use the term Ayatollah rock and roller all the time. <laughs> Similar taste in music and, and just the way he carries himself. You know, like also love the undertaker and, the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, all those guys. Now, it used to be a, a bit different. You know, like a, a lot of times back in the day, this is like hundreds of years ago, the wrestling wasn't a show. It was a, it was a, a competition where Strongman was a show. Right. And then they start, like, as they're intertwined, the, the wrestlers would use feats of strength to hype up their perform or hype up their competitions because the circuit strongman would take on all challengers in whatever town. 
so they would perform feats of strength to show that they're the real deal and and challenge anybody to try to take them. But as the strongmen would go marketing themselves, they would say, I'm the strongest man in the world because I can do this and nobody else can do it. Except there'd be another guy that says, well, I'm the strongest man in the world because I can do that and nobody else can do it. Where world's strongest men tried to create a level playing field. So strong men became a competition while wrestling became a show. That's an excellent point. Where what I do is I try to bring it back to its roots and I add an inspirational speech in there as well and use the feats to to act as a metaphor for like life's challenges. Well, so business has evolved. I'm not Absolutely. dead, it's just different. Uh, like you were mentioning about Jericho, you know, he um reason why he's, you know, successful is because, you know, he, he always reinvents himself. You know, he was, uh, you know, the Y2J version. Then he, you know, he, uh, you know, he um, turned into the business suit one, you know, who, you know, who, who um, you know, didn't sell any, you know, merchandise because he wanted to play off the, the villainous heel role. And then now he, nowadays he has like a combination of the two. And, you know, it's really yeah. working, you know. That's one of the things. We evolved as people, too, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, um, you, you know, you're a man, you know, known uh, for your incredible Hulk-like strength. But if you could time travel through time and space or any time period, what wrestling and or sporting event would you have loved to have seen in person? I would have loved to have seen the, the Mighty Adam back in its prime. You know, like, the Mighty Adam was a, not a big guy, but the things that he could do, unbelievable. You know, like, he could bite through spikes, hold airplanes back with his hair. It's crazy. Was, you know, like, I want to see that. You don't, yeah, you don't ever see it. that. No, absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, they're like you know I've you know I've seen some of your interviews uh, and presentation of you mentioning that. That's like mind blowing. You, I mean, you you hardly see stuff like that. Yeah, you know, like it's taken me down an unbelievable path, and you know, like the the Mighty Adam's son was on America's Got Talent uh, two years ago. He was the ninety-three year old. Yeah, 93-year-old man pulling the car with his teeth. Unbelievable. Yeah. He had asked me to bend a steel bar on the bridge of his nose. This is a 93-year-old man we're talking. Wow. I tell you, I've never been so scared for a feat in my life than I was with that one. I don't blame you. No doubt about that. I don't blame you at all. Um, what was I going to say? Um, speaking of, uh, um, you know, your book, uh, last year you came out with a, with a book, uh, titled the performing strongman experience, real lessons yeah. learned, uh, while becoming a modern day man of steel. 
Um, if you could add a new chapter to to your book, uh, what would it be about and why? A new chapter to the book. Not there. I mean, there's a couple different things that I could use. One of them would probably be how I proposed to my wife, which is, uh, I, you know, like I actually did it at the book signing where I did a, a strong men show to talk about the journey. And then I had this recurring theme where the strong men asked a question and the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. And then, cause, you know, like whatever you do, try to make it epic. So I was trying to make that as epic as I could. Another would probably be about when I set the world record. You know, it's like you're capable of more than you think. Like I thought I had, I thought I had five optimistic six or seven I got eight I ran out of bars and I had time left on the clock it's like one of the things the stories that I put in there were either funny or had a an important lesson in there or were somehow important to my journey it's like that it's really an inspirational autobiography I hear you I mean I definitely want to see the you know if if you come up with a next book you know definitely want to I see that and get that for sure I mean I may come up with another book but it's a lot of work writing a book (laughs) we need a year to write I can only imagine took me a year to write and like 34 years to to live Mm -hmm. right that's true your your story is still continuing yeah that's the thing it's like I had things all the time I'm evolving. Very true. And uh, congratulations to you and your wife, you know, um, getting married, you know, recently. Thank you. We got a baby on the way, too. That's the that's the next big oh, venture. Yeah, right. Congratulations on that as well. I, I just rem- you just uh, reminded me. That's true. You, congratulations. Thank you. On that. You, you uh, announced that, uh, say, about, what, a month ago or a little longer ago? Yeah. We made it public about a month ago. So, so, so far, everything, yeah, everything is healthy. So I'm happy so far. That's It'll awesome. be interesting, you know. Like it's going to be a girl, and uh, I have this vision in my head for when she brings home a guy for the first time when she's 30, <laughs> where I take him all around the house and I show him all the steel <laughs> bars and the nails and stuff that I bend. And the reinforcing bars from my world record that I did on my nose. And I'll say to him, that's got to make you wonder, if I'm willing to do that to myself, just imagine what horrors await you if anything happens to my daughter. Have her back by eight. Uh, uh, me and you are cut from the same cloth for sure. Do you have a kid? For real. And- Oh, oh no, I don't have a kid yet. I, you know, I'm not married yeah. yet, and I'm still looking for that lucky lady. Yeah. She's out there. The first one that I yeah. thought was going to be the lucky lady was not, so. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Al Bundy. Uh, you, you were familiar with Married with Children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my all-time favorite show, you know, uh, you know, when uh, a guy, you know, you know, uh, a jerk type of guy come over for Kelly, you know, Al, Al Bundy 
gives him a, a you know his brand of the tour around the house. So definitely reminiscent of that. Yeah. But um, um, since you're you know you're a strong man, uh, um, what other um, uh, what um, I'm trying, what inspired you? Uh, you know, aside from being a strong man, what what also inspired you to be an incredibly entertaining, uh, motivational speaker? Well, one of the things is I also have a personal training studio. And when I started embarking down the road as a strong man, my life was in turmoil. You know, like my ex-wife had left me for my best friend, or at least who I thought was my best friend. My studio, my business was down, and I was looking for ways to try to become successful again. So I picked up a book called Think and Grow Rich. And I was reading it at the same time that I was undergoing the lessons in strongmanism from my mentor. And I saw that they're very, very similar. You know, like the, the mindset that's used to Ben Steele, it's the same kind of mindset that could be used in just about any endeavor. You know, like that story that I told you about, three seconds away from bending the steel bars, very similar to the story called Three, three Feet Away from Goals. So when I saw this, I'm like, these lessons could be used in, an, in a motivational speech. You know, like, one of the things is, when you talk about a greater purpose, people like to serve a greater purpose. And, you know, like, even though I had done a couple corporate gigs as full-on entertainer, it felt kind of hollow to me. Because, like, I wanted to not just be a dancing monkey for these guys. I, I also wanted to inspire them to about the, the power within. So I had figured, I'm like, I could start using these in a, a motivational speech and it could be absolute, like considerably more powerful because they're not just hearing some speaker talk about it. It goes from something that's conceptual to something that they can actually see with their own eyes and feel in their own hands as I pass it around the room. And when it comes to serving that greater purpose, you know, like let's say I go to a school or, or to a corporation, I, I inspire someone to follow their dreams. What if their dream is to cure cancer or to end world hunger? I'll have somehow played a part in that. So that becomes a lot more important than just taking them out of out of boredom for for a half an hour. It becomes something more. I mean, there's more to life than this, you know. Um, you you gotta, um, you know, life is short. You gotta, you know, pursue what you know what you're called to do. Yeah, that's one of the things. It's like you're capable of it if you apply the if you apply these techniques and strategies, how to set and achieve goals, you know, believing in yourself, hanging in there. You're 100% right. You know, like the, the old saying goes, uh, you know, you miss, uh, you, you make 100% of the shots you don't take. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, are there other feats of strength that you haven't accomplished yet in your life? There are feats that I'm actively working towards. You know, like the main one is uh, I'm working on bending a crowbar. That's the main one that I'm actively training. There's a, there's a couple others that I haven't done yet. You know, like I have my eye on the coin, but that's going to that's gonna be a while before I can accomplish that one. But it is on, on the... Yeah. And I have some that I'm keeping a secret for now until I'm ready to unveil it. That's very understandable, you know. Uh, you know, you got to leave that element of surprise, you know, for the people who, who are blessed enough to watch your show. So I totally understand that. But um, but uh, lastly, you know, before I let you go, um, as a person who was also bullied as a child, what inspiring words of encouragement would you like to say to kids and adults who have had a similar uh, testimony as you do? I would say accept no one else's limiting beliefs as your own because they don't know what your potential is. They don't know what your destiny is. The only person that determines your destiny is you with the decisions you make and the actions you take. You, you, are, absolute, you are absolutely right. Um, um, the, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. Absolutely. Never give up. And just because someone else, you know, failed in the same similar path, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fail. If you're destined to do something, there's nothing anyone or anything that could stop you from preventing you from accomplishing your goal. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, get at least a copy of Eric Eric Moss's new book, um, The Performing Strongman Experience, Real Stories and Lessons Learned While Becoming a Modern-Day Man of Steel. Uh, please get it for this holiday season or any season for that matter. Um, in addition, if you want to book Eric for any event or venue, please go to strongmanericmoss.com. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's I been really, an honor. It's truly an honor for me too. And um, I'd, I'd love to have you back on the show anytime. We'll talk about Walking Dead. We'll talk about um, your love for comic books. Uh, you know, you've got a cat named... The Batman, which that's my all-time favorite superhero. Uh, we'll yep. talk about anything you want to talk about. So thank you. Sounds good. Uh, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Eric Moss, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey, uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I definitely want to thank, um, you know, Eric Moss, you know, for uh, taking the time out of his uh, schedule to uh, interview with me um, uh, just prior to me, to me, you know, getting sick uh, uh, before last week. So I appreciate, you know, him taking the time to uh, to do the interview with me. Um, and, I, and I also want to thank, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of people, you know, who, you know, made it possible, you know, for me to, uh, you know, interview interview with him and, 
um, you know, make this thing possible. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to thank them as well. So, um, uh, hey, Mac, uh, uh, you're still here? Yeah, still here. Uh, that's good. Um, well, uh, basically, uh, you know, it's a new year. Um, you know, we lost a lot of people, you know, uh, celebrity-wise, uh, most recently, you know, Carrie Fisher and uh, and her mom, Debbie Reynolds, you know, uh, my closest go out to, uh, you know, uh, Todd Fisher for losing his mother and uh, and uh, his mom, Jolie Fisher, and the rest of the Fisher family, you know. It's a, you know, sad day. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Carrie Fisher, her mom, and all the celebrities that we've lost in 2016. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, uh, mm-hmm. Prince, George Michael was on uh, George Michael on Christmas. They yeah. ironically, you know, coming out with a last Christmas song. Um, I'm trying to think, there's so many China, uh, Doris Roberts, uh, Ken Baker from Star Wars also played our Gary Shandling. Um, Gary Shandling. Uh, wow, there's so many. The it's literally. Um, Alan Reichman, I mean, the list goes on and on. I yeah. mean, we lost a lot of, you know, people who seem to be very nice people and, and equally talented as well, so they'll definitely be missed. And I pray yeah, that definitely. they're they're all resting in peace right now as we speak. And, um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think, uh, what else? Oh, the Knicks, uh, they lost three in a row. Uh, they're going to try to... Snap that three-game winning streak at home when they welcome the Magic. Uh, James uh, Harden scored 53 points, uh, I think 17 assists and 16 rebounds, like ridiculous numbers. I mean, he literally had a a career day. And not to mention he hit nine three-pointers. So, you know, that never hurts uh, if you're a Rockets fan. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the Knicks have been horrible on the road as usual. Uh, you know, the Mets, Mets, you know, they're still looking for bullpen help. Uh, you know, basically their major signer, as, a, as we speak, is Cespedes. Uh, you know, the Yankees, uh, they re-signed Chapman, and they re-signed Holiday. So, you know, the Yankees, uh, you know, are also rumored to be going after Andrew McCutcheon, as well as the Mets via trade. And, uh, you know, there's various different stuff. WWE, uh, the World Block pay-per-view event uh, from last month, Shasha Banks lost the title again to, to Charlotte, making her a four-time champion and keeping her po- uh, you know, pay-per-view streak intact. Uh, you know, we'll see what they're going to do with that feud. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what's going on with WWE. Uh, Brock Lesnar is supposed to be coming back uh, uh, tomorrow night. Any last words you'd like to say before we, you know, go to the show? And well, show. thanks for having me on your show, and uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, indeed. Happy New Year's, everyone. And hopefully we'll be back to our regular time Saturday at uh, 11. So I'm William Ramo. This is Macaulay Matthew, and we'll see you next time. Peace. All right.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.